Welcome back to One Golden Moment. This is Emily Oman. I'm the sports editor at The Daily Cal, and today I'm joined again by Noah Parker and Shannon Ong, two of my lovely staffers. And we are here for a very, very important reason, because baseball is back. I've never been so excited to say those words. <laughs> MLB is back, and we're playing again. A very shortened season, um, but I'll take what I can get. I'm sure you guys feel the same. Um, so Noah, how was it watching baseball again for you? Oh, it's been so awesome. It's couldn't have come at a more perfect time, honestly. The perfect cure for quarantine boredom. <laughs> I just it's it's just nice to have some consistency back, you know, being able to watch any your favorite team or any team just every day of the week. It's yeah. really nice to have back, even with all the oddities of no fans, the pumped in sound. It's for sure nice to be back. The cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts. <laughs> so, so disarming, but kind of funny. They put Chipper Jones in the front row of yeah. all of the Braves games, which I think is hilarious. Uh, so, Shannon, how was this week for you as a Giants fan specifically? I'm sure you've had <laughs> the slightly less fun time. I mean, we won three more games, and I was expecting us to win. Which was, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a rebuilding year for us, but. To be honest, though, like if we're going to make the playoffs, this is going to be the year. So many wild cards, so many different things can happen with the expanded playoff format. So, I mean, this could be our year. And, I mean, any team could say that this year. So, not giving up hope yet, but hope we can have a fruitful season ahead of us. Um, take as many games out of the Dodgers as we can. And That's maybe right. pursue that elusive second place. But you never know. I'm also definitely not trying to dig any Giants fans because as a Cubs fan, we had a similar week. I'm, I, my expectations are about as low as, as they can go. But like you said, this is the season where literally anything could happen. We've got a very short amount of time. Teams are hitting the ground running. And already so much has unfolded within this first week back with baseball. But it would not be Major League Baseball without some drama. And that's what brings us back here today. Um, do one of you guys want to kind of give an overview of what went down with the Marlins? Because I know that that's what's been primarily on my mind, like as many, you know, like high scoring games as there were and everything, not saying the balls are juiced, not saying they're not. But I've definitely been thinking a lot about the whole the Marlins outbreak. So do you guys want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, I can touch on that. Um, I think it, for me at least, it, it really flew under the radar during the weekend, which is when it started happening. Mm -hmm. I didn't really find out about it until Monday morning probably. But basically what happened was on Saturday, four Marlins had gotten their test back positive. Um, and so they still had a game scheduled the next day Sunday against the Phillies and the team met 
decided that they wanted to play, proceeded to play. And then the next day, another, I want to say eight, eight or 10 players and staff tested positive. So clearly a full blown outbreak. Um, and then the problem was they had just played the Phillies. So now mm-hmm. the Phillies had just been exposed to this whole team full of positive players. Um, so yeah, this is a whole debacle. This is like MLB's worst nightmare. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong in the first two days for the league. It's, it's quite the mess. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like they haven't taken many precautions. I mean, like they're the one professional team that's not playing in a bubble, you know? And I kind of don't know how they didn't expect this to happen. Um, I mean, sure, it's a cute world that they're living in, like where this pandemic is not happening. And of course, we all wish that was the case. And we would love it if athletes were somehow immune to this, <laughs> you know, but they're not. So I feel like it was just a matter of time. But the fact that it happened so quickly is yeah. very disarming to me. Uh, I don't know. Shannon, how do you feel about it all? I mean, when sports came back, I was really hoping that there would be more stringent precautions in place to prevent something like this from happening. And I mean, looking at it from my perspective, it really seems like other sporting leagues have done a much better job. I mean, the Premier League has been testing thousands of players and recently like over 2000 players got tested in the English Premier League and there were no positive cases. And I mean, I really think that's because they've been playing in a bubble. They've been following the rules. And I feel like we never had those rules in place here. So that really just leaves us open for something like this to happen. And um, it's also just, I think, serious for the players as well. Freddie Freeman, I think, prior to the start of the season, he actually contracted COVID. And it was really serious for him. He was fighting for his life. And this guy's like a model athlete, like six foot, huge, potentially an MVP caliber first baseman. And he was it really affected him. It was really serious. So I think first thing on my mind is that I hope all these players are okay. And I mean, yeah, you could be a professional athlete, but this can still hit you hard. So hoping they're all good. I know that was really hard to see. And like, even like soccer players have been testing positive and they've been in a pretty tight bubble. I think the NBA also has no cases yet um, of, of anyone testing positive for coronavirus, but just like because these athletes seem so untouchable to us, you know, when we see them and watch them on the field doing the amazing things they do. And this is a very humbling occasion, I think, for the MLB. It's been a humbling year for them, all in all, with the, you know, salary arguments, not being able to get this show on the road, you know, until like a couple weeks ago. I wonder if part of it was just like they were scrambling to get baseball back, but like, wouldn't the first priority be making sure that you can still play baseball, that they have enough athletes, not have outbreaks so that you can continue this season. Because I feel like this is just going to be a logistical nightmare. Noah, you talked about this in your column that you wrote um, about the Marlins outbreak. But to, like, have to reschedule everything Mm -hmm. in such a short time seems, like, completely unfeasible. And, like, what do you do? What do you do? Do you just cancel games? Like, I feel like you get so shafted if you're one of those teams that has an outbreak and there's not much you can do if you're like the Phillies, you know, and you were exposed maybe like without your knowledge. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if you saw today, but the 
the Phillies Blue Jays series this weekend is getting canceled as well. So that's a whole week of games um, not being played for the Phillies who have had zero positive cases among their players. But yeah, it really brings up that big issue because I read a, I read a tweet that would say like to, to play a full 60 game season, the Phillies would now have to play 57 games in 56 days, which just clearly isn't feasible for the players. Um, yeah, so it really, it really brings the validity of the season into question now because do the Phillies make the playoffs playing 50 games once they start playing again? Is that is it going to go by win percentage now? Like, how is that going to work? Right. I know that we are set to talk about the 16-game – or, sorry, 16-team playoff um, arrangement. But like you said, like, I just don't – know if there's a way that they can make this fair for everyone you know and still get the season that they have promised fans and players um i think it interestingly i think that this the uh the way that the playoffs are going to work now i'm like it's such a weird thing to think i was like when when baseball first came back i was like okay good for the dodgers you know as much as i dislike the franchise i'm sorry but you know good for them they'll at least get to play their season that they spent so much money on shelled out so much um for but now i feel like they're like again almost one of the biggest losers in this scenario because fringe teams bubble teams teams that weren't that good have a chance to sneak in um and kind of like shoulder their way in and play with the the biggest contenders who are going to be good um at the very beginning um but I don't know I I do kind of feel for the Dodgers in this scenario never thought I'd say that and speaking of the Dodgers and also more drama does anyone want to <laughs> fill everyone in on the free Joe Kelly thing that's happening uh yeah so Joe Kelly was he's one of the Dodgers pitchers and in a, ser- a two-game series against the Astros, he he buzzed a couple of the Astros guys back. He didn't hit anyone, but he he threw some pitches that were awfully close to beating some of the Astros players. And they didn't take too kindly to it, but as the inning was over, he Kelly kind of just made some faces towards the Astros, kind of rubbed him the wrong way a little bit. And in the aftermath of that incident, Kelly didn't actually hit anyone with a pitch. And one of the pitches that he threw that was a close call was actually an off-speed pitch. But in the aftermath of the, the events, Commissioner Manfred actually suspended Kelly for eight games and his manager, Dave Roberts, for one game. And a lot of the players are actually reacting to that because – they don't see that Joe Kelly deserved that suspension. He didn't hit anyone. He didn't cause a brawl. And, I mean, there's really a lot of ways to, to look at the situation. But, um, yeah, the guy didn't physically do harm to anyone. Yeah, that's what I thought was crazy about it. Like, I watched the, the quote, fight, you know. I watched a replay of it. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that's hardly a, a fight if I've ever seen one. It's definitely more of like just a 
an argument and that happens all the time in sports that's what you know competition thrives off of and it's like of course the Dodgers are going to be upset of course like this is the season that the Astros like where their penalty maybe would have uh come into play but you know they this is going to be a season that would allow them to get ahead again and be really good again and so I feel like it's just like I don't know. You can't take that away from players and away from sports as a whole. Like, I feel like at some level, it's that like adverse or like just wanting to, you, you have to have something to fuel you, you know? And so like, why punish Joe Kelly for it? Everybody's mad at the Astros except for the Astros fans. Exactly. So don't make him pay for it. Oh. I have so many thoughts on this. Just first off, like Joe Kelly, national treasure, to your point, doing everything that every non-Astro fan have wanted to do the Astros, except hit him, I guess. That could have been a little bit better. <laughs> you, missed, you missed a little wide. Um, <laughs> but yes, for sure. That like needed to be done. I think the whole baseball world needed that to happen because it was coming at some point. Um, but yeah, to your point, the suspension is pretty ridiculous. Like, when it when it in a 160 game season like an or like equivalent that suspension would be 22 games in a 160 game season which is just like a that would never happen um so yeah that suspension is pretty ridiculous and it's also when you match it up like the thing that made me the most mad is how many astros players got suspended for cheating their way to two world series titles zero zero got punished right so it shows a little bit of retaliation, gets eight games. It's just such a ridiculous standard. Right. I feel like the MLB has been all over the place with stuff like this. And, like, it really doesn't look good for them to, like, keep defending the Astros, like, mm-hmm. at all to me. Like, that's, like, you. they have not once, like, put their foot down in a way that seemed, like, respectable to me or, like, actually, like, they were trying. So, and, and then again... I know that the Dodgers are like the weird like sob story slash also possibly probably going to be World Series champs this year. So it's like a weird balance of how like I feel bad for them, but they're also like disgustingly good, you know, but like I feel bad because like you said, this is a suspension that in such a short season has repercussions that will probably manifest like down the way and the Astros are just still sitting pretty enjoying life. You know, I don't know. Chan, do you have any other thoughts on it? I mean, I can, I can kind of see it from the commissioner's perspective as well. I mean, it, I think that when Kelly threw at Bregman, that's 96, like at his dome pretty much. And I feel like, like if you see other players like getting hit in the face is definitely not, not something you want. Like Giancarlo Stanton got hit in the face and a lot of other, like just baseballs to the head, baseballs and head do not go together. So I think that in that sense, I feel like it would have been a little, I would have had a little more sympathy if he had kind of aimed a little lower, you know, still giving him a bruise. But I, I definitely think that an eight game suspension is a very long time, especially in the shortened season. And since he didn't actually hit anyone, I mean, we, I just think that there's definitely, there's definitely two sides of the story. But I think that they're both, both parties, more a little excessive. Um, 
I also think that, I mean, the, the Astros this year and the Dodgers this year are both going to be powerhouse teams. And I'm actually surprised that retaliation happened in such a close game. It was, I think, the game ended 5-2. to two, And I feel like if you put a guy on like that, and the next guy hit, hits one out of the park, I mean, there's, you already got a game now. So I'm surprised retaliation like that happened when a game was really like, it could have hung in the balance right there. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, though, a little bit of a long suspension. Definitely Kelly could have aimed a little bit better, but all I have to say on that. I'll just say, like, in the bigger picture, when we're talking about, like, the MLB responding to these, like, outbreaks and now the Astros, I think it's just, like, this year could not have gone worse for the league. I'm just seeing – there's just, like, this long pattern of just, like, reacting way too late. I don't know if you guys saw – or we touched on it in the last podcast about, like, the, like, responding very slowly to the Black Lives Matter movement um, on the league's part. Um, And then suddenly on opening day, I don't know if you saw, but, like, their Twitter was just, like, full of it, like, suddenly, like, defending – the everything the players were doing which is like it should be it should have been happening from the start but it's only just a sudden reversal like they're like oh oh shoot we really screwed this one up and then same thing with like this outbreak like oh like we'll let them play that game after we know four have tested positive oh shoot let's cancel the next week it's just like oh i like i can't imagine like the league doing a worse job of handling all these all these issues you're definitely right that it's been like a, a a perfect storm for them to like just mess up so many things. Um, it hasn't been easy for any league. Obviously, this hasn't been an easy year for any person, I imagine, in the United States. But like, if what's weird to me is like you said, like they're so slow to respond to some things, and then they're so quick to respond to others. Like Joe Kelly, like they were so quick to cut him off, and like that shows me that they're paying attention to what's happening but they seem to be in their own like little bubble of just them and like what's going on with that like it seems like they're kind of like and I don't know if it's just the league itself that has antiquated practices or if it's people choosing to turn blind eyes or if it's a lot less you know like malicious than even that or if it's just like general unawareness you know but I think that this year has been like a a weird sort of a reckoning for a lot of uh, teams and organizations and just general groups in this nation and like you really have to like live under a rock to not see what's going on (laughs) you know and it, it does amaze me like you said that they haven't been taking as many precautions as other leagues and all of that stuff but I really just like hope that it boils down to having a lot on their plate. I'm not trying to defend the league because I think, like you said, there've been too many things that have happened this year that they haven't been on top of at all. But like, it really is kind of crazy how just everything, once you think it's like as bad as it can get, another layer gets added on, something else goes on, something happens, exactly. which makes it all that much harder. Um, so if you guys want to, I'm down to move into predictions for the rest of the season. Should it even happen? <laughs> Should it continue? Fingers crossed. Knock on wood, please. Um, so I think that if you guys wanted to, we could start with 
who we think are going to be the biggest contenders in each league slash division winners, if anybody thought that far ahead. I actually have something that I wanted to say. It's actually about the Astros. Now that they've lost Ooh. Justin Verlander, even for mm. an indefinite amount of time, like he's, he's on the 10-day IL, but there were rumors that he was going to miss the rest of the season with a forearm strain, which could potentially be code speak for he's got something wrong with his elbow. And we don't know yet. We really don't know. But right now, the Astros are a team without an ace. Zach Greinke is good, but – and in recent years, he has been at least a number one, number two starter. But he is definitely not the unquestionable ace that he was in previous years. And because of that, I mean, and yes, the Astros still have a really good lineup that's perfectly capable of challenging for the playoffs. But I don't think the Astros are going to make it to the ALCS this year. <gasps> Ooh, I like that. I, I, I second like that, honestly. Case. I like I hadn't really thought about that, but I I completely agree. I don't think they're even going to win the division, do you think? I mean, I think that the A's have a solid chance. This is Again, this is their year to, to really shake things up, and especially now that the Astros are down their best pitcher. I think the A's have a solid chance at winning the division. I feel like it's almost a toss-up at this point, but in terms of batting, the guys stepping to the plate for both of those teams, Houston and Oakland, they're definitely to be feared. And I think that especially with the A's, with what they put in last year and their performance to the plate last year, if they can replicate that again, this could be their year to win the West. I agree. I'm interested to see even the Angels, I think. I think the Angels will end up making the playoffs with, with the expanded playoffs. But I think, like, if we're just talking about, like, lineups, the Angels, like – Otani, Rendon, Trout, it's a pretty good lineup on its own. Their pitching is pretty atrocious, but if they can just hit, I think they have a chance. Otani's first start on, like... Oh, yeah, we, we, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also... I kind of don't want to talk about that, but it was kind of concerning. It was very concerning. It was bad. It, his velocity was way down. He didn't have any of the same command that he showed before, and it really was a big red flag in terms of his performance this year. And if he, can, if he can get back to winning ways, if he can get back to his rookie season, he will definitely be their best pitcher. But right now, he's got a long way to go to get back into the swing of things. Um, Hitting-wise, though, I agree that those, that trio that you mentioned, definitely, definitely people to watch out for. But – I think the Angels pitching is going to sink them, even if they do make the playoffs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they'll go deep. They just don't have the depth. But, you know, three-game three game series, um, best of three series to start off the playoffs in each league, that's like you got to win two games. And it's almost a wild card game at that point. And anything can happen in one to three games in baseball. So really anyone has a chance, as Emily said, like the Dodgers could get screwed by the eighth seed in the, in the NL this year, just because they can't win two out of three. Yeah. Like I agree with Emily, like the more, the more games that teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros potentially have to play, the bigger their chances are of potentially slipping up and missing out on the next stage of the playoffs, you know? So this is the time for 
like the Angels, the the White Sox, the Rays, maybe even the Rockies, all of these teams can come through and really take that crown from those big teams this year. And yeah, this is shaping up to be a really, really interesting season. I feel like this season is coming down to who has like the most like roster depth, who like who has the least holes kind of in their lineup. Um, I mean, like you said, it takes like one injury to like you're you're done for, you know, in the short of a season, even if you're the Dodgers, um, but especially for teams that are like would be really good in a regular season um, and just need that like little extra push, like a couple extra wins to get in like a groove of things, which like we're not really going to see this season. Um, so I completely agree with you guys that there are going to be people that we are not like that aren't even on our radar teams that are completely just sleepers right now that we're going to see in the playoffs. And that's going to be weird. That's going to be really weird, kind of fun, still strange. Baseball is different now. (laughs) Things are, things are weird. I also have, um, the twins as big contenders in the AL. I don't really know how far they're going to go. I know they've just been winning a lot. Um, as far as NL contenders, I feel like they're the Dodgers are like the obvious, you know, they're the big dogs this year. It's been a long time coming. Um, they've got an absolutely stacked roster. Um, I also think just to throw out just to just a name drop, um, the Braves are looking really good, except for they're kind of they've been a little bit fickle in terms of like winning by a lot and then losing by a lot like a day later i know it's only been a week but with such a short season that's gonna you know affect them in the long run and i think that the braves have the advantage of having like a no significant holes in their lineup so far you know like covid withstanding injury withstanding um and also, I think that the Nationals are solid, but I don't see them, or frankly, even the Braves, toppling the Dodgers, at least right now. So I don't know how you guys are thinking the NL will shape up. Yeah, I agree. The NL is definitely the Dodgers to lose at this point. Like, I don't know. I'm just looking at these teams. It's like, I can't really even, like, consider a scenario. Or it's just like, oh, who knows what will happen. But, like, none of these teams are really better than the Dodgers. I think the West has a lot of good teams, though. Like Jane said, the Rockies look pretty good. I think the Padres are pretty interesting to watch, too. Yeah, I know. I think that Tatis could for sure be an MVP. Mm. Oh, okay. That's going to be maybe a hot take. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, when I'm right, you can talk to me then. (laughs) I think the really the only pitfall the Padres right now is their lack of starting pitching depth, aside from Chris Paddock. And I really think that if we're talking about a three-game series, a team that will win a three-game series is the Reds. If you have Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray on your team in a three-game series, that's pretty much two wins that are all but assured. If those guys can pitch at their peak for those two games, the Reds are already moving on. And that's not to mention all of their bats, Suarez, Mike Moustakas, these guys can hit, and they've got two aces on the mound that can really, really do some damage to the other teams. So 
I definitely think that people are sleeping on the Reds this year. And if we use last year's schedule with a five-game series and a seven-game series, I don't know if the Reds would have that level of endurance throughout their rotation to make it through a series like that. But if we're talking about a three-game set, I'll take the Reds. Yeah, for sure. They got Bauer, too. I think they probably have one of the better, if not best, pitching staffs in the league. Maybe them in the Nationals, those two really good staffs. I agree with that. They could they could run the table this year with their with their pitching. Who do you guys have for MVPs? Now we brought that up. That is so hard. I like who who can hit well in like a fifty five game stretch. You know, like poor Yelich. Yelich is hitting. like he has he's like one for thirty or something like that. Yeah, could your poor fantasy team. My poor fantasy team. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're talking about who can hit well in a sixty-game stretch, the guy that did that last year was Cody Bellinger. He was pushing four hundred in, I think, the first half of this. He was on a, a tear of epic proportions to start the season last year, and that did not stop until the second half. He was in the high three hundreds, I think, for majority of the first half. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he definitely not the same start this year, at least in the first couple of games, but based on the knowledge that this guy can go on a streak that long, I, I can, I can say that he's one of the favorites to, to win MVP in the NL. Just a broad point. I think that in the same or similar way that like teams that have really good depth this year are probably going to take it far. I think that uh, players like, I mean, like Javi Baez comes to mind, like who either go up and like strike out in three or like it just hit bombs, you know, are going to be the ones that that pull the front of this race, um, which is like usually like scary and unpredictable, like at the same time as it is fun to watch. But, you know, and like whoever, like you said, like whoever just gets on a hot streak, this could be their season. Yeah, definitely. I think in the AL too, I think a really good story would be Nelson Cruz. He's been having, he had a really, I don't think he'll win MVP, but he had a, yeah, he's had a really good week so far. I think that would just be a great story, but definitely more probable. Uh, Stan, I don't know if you guys have seen Stan so far. John Carter's mm-hmm. looking really good. He's hit, I think, three homers. Um, he's, he's lost a lot of weight and he just looks so good in the box. He's just, oh, he hits, he still hits them so hard. I cannot believe it when he hits it. It's incredible to watch. And that's an unbiased opinion right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. If Nelson Cruz wins MVP, I'm, I don't know, but I think he will be the oldest MVP. Definitely. In, he's like, yeah, what? Like he's like almost 40. Yeah. That'd be insane. That'd be a good story though, you know? Good for him if he did it. Oh, yeah. I, I think I have the Twins and the Indians playing the Yankees in the ALCS this year. I think that both the Twins and the Indians are really strong teams. And since they're in the same division with the expanded playoffs, this is, I think that they can eventually find themselves playing each other. I think they're, I think their pitching is really good. And also, I mean, the Twins have undisputably one of the best lineups in the AL, if not the MLB. And the Indians have a solid core of Lindor, Carlos Santana, Jose Ramirez. I think those guys can really contribute this year. Yeah. Do you think the, the Twins could beat the Yankees or at least win a game? They haven't won a game against <laughs> the Yankees in the playoffs game. since, like, 
They've lost like yeah. 13 straight or something like that. Yeah. It's their uh, curse. But yeah, I like the Twins too. I mean, you're probably hoping they'll face the Yankees. Yeah. It's a free sweep <laughs> at this rate. Yeah, you guys, I think you guys will have a tougher time against the Indians because I feel like the Twins and the Yankees are two teams that really are similar in terms of their composition. Mm-hmm. A lot of power hitters, um, I guess. And right from what I see, only one truly reliable pitcher. And at, at least for the Twins, Barrios isn't, I think, completely reliable at this point mm-hmm. in his career yet. But again, Yankees have Garrett Cole, Cy Young last year. He is going to be a lock for your number one starter. And throughout the playoffs, really, that's game one in the bag if he's throwing well. For the NLCS, I put Dodgers over Braves. Does anyone feel strongly about that? I mean, like it's, it, like, it kind of makes me sad to put just the Dodgers first and everything. But that's also been a week. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it is hard to tell. I think it's reasonable to have the Dodgers winning the NL. I, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, they're a really strong team. Now they've added Mookie Betts. I mean, I was really hoping that this season would be the only season that they had Mookie Betts, but oh yeah, boy, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I heard to see oh, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they really wanted Mookie locked up for a while. And uh, this is, they're really going for it all with that signing. I mean, with that extension. And uh, I really, again, like the the NL is the Dodgers to lose at this point. And whether it's over the Braves or the Cubs or Nationals, maybe even the Reds, uh, you you never know. But, um, But I honestly don't know if the Braves can really make it past the NLDS. I think their pitching is a real weakness right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. Very unpredictable. They just they actually dropped Fulty to the minors. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? Yeah, they they designated yeah. him for assignment. And I no one no one wanted him off the waivers, which was interesting too. Yeah. I thought like maybe Houston. Houston yeah. needed him now. I know. I but. thought that there'd be lots of takers, but that was a, not a good foot to get off on this season. <laughs> but I mean like in a in an alternate reality or in one of these scenarios where we say like Maybe some team just goes on a tear or just gets really, really hot or some other team has an injury. Like what if the Dodgers get knocked out? Like I like if the division, like that would be, so <laughs> that would be incredible. In an alternate be... reality where the Dodgers didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> I... <laughs> we should just rename this podcast something about, hating the Dodgers Dodgers, (laughs) anti-Dodgers fans only they just like they keep they can they just like every time you think they'll just like break out of their spell they just keep adding to the meme that is the Dodgers so I would not be surprised you sign your new player for 330 million like don't win the division oh my god (laughs) no pressure no pressure writing on this yeah they got a decade to win a title if they don't win a title then they'll forever Mm-hmm. forever have a tarnish on their name they should just like stop being a franchise if they don't want to. <laughs> the thing with the dodgers really is that there's no one player that if injured could ruin the dodgers season that i can see except maybe walker bueller because other like in terms of their lineup i really think it's a it's really complete 
they've got everything covered top to bottom. And I think the only thing that could stop the Dodgers right now is an injury to Bueller. And that pretty much taken their number one starter out of the equation. I, yeah, they're, they're undisputably a deep team, a complete team and a team that's equipped to go all the way this year, but their postseason demons might just come back again. So you never know with them. I have Gavin Lux winning rookie of the year. And I feel like that's like undisputable <laughs> unless you guys want to dispute it. I am so excited for that. Like, I think that he's going to be like in the off chance that something does go wrong or awry with the Dodgers pitching. Like, I feel like they've just got so many weapons, like hidden low key, you know, Yeah. a lot of talent that could just like hiding in the wings kind of. Waiting I for mean, like Dustin moments. May could be the next Walker Bueller at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw him throw, I saw him pitch um, against the Giants, and he he's got some good stuff. So again, I mean, the never-ending death of the Dodgers. But wouldn't we yeah. love to see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the AL, I really think Luis Robert and um, also Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson for the Blue Jays made his debut the other day mm-hmm. against the Nationals, and he went five completely dominant innings. And if that continues, expect his name in the conversation for sure. Because with the way that he threw against a team, again, the reigning World Series champions, well, without Juan Soto, obviously, but yeah, definitely watch out for him. Wait, where did the Blue Jays, where are they playing? Because I saw that drama happening, and then I tuned out because weren't they gonna play it at the Pirates Stadium or something? And then the Pirates oh. said no. Yeah, I want to say it's Buffalo, but I'm not quite sure they've played a home game yet, have they? I don't think so, but I also think it's Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. But I thought there was a lot of problems with Buffalo, like the lights mm-hmm. weren't the standard. I mean, the clubhouse, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I'm sure the clubhouses aren't up to MLB standard either. So maybe they'll probably just be on the road a lot more than mm-hmm. a would. Just tough for them. So if this Cy Young, I think DeGrom can lock it down again this year in the NL, at least. Um, yeah, he's Mr. Consistent the past couple years. Had some bad luck with the wins, but in terms of raw stuff, can't take anything away from the guy so if we do get to the world series if we get that far who do you think is winning it okay so we don't even need to ask Noah this question right because i feel yeah. like i know what his answer is going to be right yeah like, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we all know Noah's going to pick the twins yeah <laughs> the twins. um no i i i think that it's definitely going to be either the Yankees or the Twins to take it all this year. Um, partly because I don't want the Dodgers to win, but I do think the Twins and the Yankees are the teams that are capable of toppling the Dodgers. Um, yeah, and I, I just I just think that if they can get one or two good games at the plate off the Dodgers pitching, they can definitely rattle them and take the series. So assuming all the big teams get that far. Yeah, I would say it's it's the Yankees Dodgers to lose for sure. 
But honestly, like, it would be kind of refreshing. Like, what if we saw, like, a, I don't know what teams we're talking about, like a Reds, a Reds Twins or something like that. Like, that would be very refreshing. Because one of the reasons, like, I like MLB so much is that, like, there's so much parity, you know? Like, in the NBA, we saw the same four teams play in the finals, four straight, or the same two teams play in the finals for four straight years. Um, but I like to boast that, like, the MLB, we have, like, different teams each year. But now we're starting to see a lot of this, a lot of the same teams, a lot of Dodgers, a lot of Yankees, a lot of Astros. So a little, a little change of pace would be nice for sure. What if it was something crazy like, like Braves Rays or something? That was a really that was a crazy series. Even that was kind of like out of left field. Like the Rays were pretty decent. I feel like that was like a a really cool matchup to watch. I also okay. I hate Tropicana Field. It's kind of ugly. Sorry, that's a complete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is the worst field. I've had to. Yeah. I've had to it go. Does not once. look great. Bad experience. <laughs> It's just so, it's the ugliest thing ever. It's like even uglier yeah. on the outside than it is the inside and what you see. Oh God. Well, <laughs> not to derail the conversation. Yeah, Al, would you like to watch game seven of the right. World Tropicana Field? Oh, oh, stop. If we're trying to manifest things, let's not try to manifest that. I take how about, it back. Oh, I guess, no. How, how about like a Blue Jays Rays ALCS? No, no, no. We gotta have a we gotta have an A's raise. I think that's both of those matchups are pretty appetizing. I honestly yeah. like both those teams. I really do like the A's yeah. and the Rays, kind of like the mm-hmm. ugly but lovable teams of the MLB. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but yeah, I really would like to see both those teams go pretty far. And um, I I had the A's and the Rays in the I had the Rays beating the A's five to two in the wild card last year, and they won five to one. And I was sad, and I want them. I want that prediction to. I want to make a better prediction this year. So <laughs> hopefully, we have some good games between those two. Well, if your fantasy team right now is any indication of how good your predictions have been this season, I feel like I feel like you have a better chance. Um, so, as far as hot takes go, you know, do you guys have any burning ones? Anything? I mean. We have talked a lot about how we literally know nothing about how this season will unfold, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the fun part. If there's anything, though, that like comes to mind, you know, I love doing hot takes. So. Here would be a hot take. How about like, I could see a, a scenario where like MLB learns from this outbreak and they're like, if players start testing positive on a team, which is of course going to happen again, like how could it not? Like they're just going to shut down like the games for the next couple of days. So I can see a scenario where zero teams play 60 games. That Ooh. would be interesting to see the final standings. Like when everyone's like anywhere from like 50 to like 57 games played, like how they're going to mm-hmm. decide that one. Yeah. You know, it'd be so sad to like have this podcast and be so excited about the world series and the playoffs and then like not even get yeah uh yeah that might be worse than no season like playing like 50 games or something yeah terribly unsatisfying yeah that would be anticlimactic that'd be super super sad but it's also not not off the table because like like you said your scenario is like if the mlb wins it's lesson so yeah, if they can get that on lock, I mean, 
it only seems natural that like every team's gonna run into some something. It was pretty evident even in like the like first couple practice games, like a bunch of Braves players tested positive for coronavirus and it was like it literally as soon as I started practicing again. So you know, it's just a waiting game. And like you said, the World Series or playoffs might not even be determined by like rankings at the end of the day. So I can definitely see. Ooh, how about like a committee, yeah. like a college football playoff committee? Ooh. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. We would all be on it. Yeah, definitely. Naturally. <laughs> Do you have any hot takes, Emily? Anything you not not particularly hot. I I think I'll develop some as the season proceeds. I thought that maybe initially a bunch of people would bat over 400, but like it's not. I don't know if it's if that's gonna happen or if, if like we'll even get that to that point. Um, maybe my hot take is that the Dodgers won't win. I kind of talked about that again. I can totally see them. You know, of all the teams. Like they would be the ones to to have it lined up. That'd be a really sad thing to watch. Oh no. What a bummer. But it'd also be yeah. you know, it'd be cool to see teams that wouldn't otherwise get a chance to make something of this season. Because that is the narrative right now. Everyone's like Dodgers are teams to beat. Uh I think the Yankees are also kinda at the top of their totem pole. And it'd be really cool to see something just like just to have a really exciting, fulfilling playoff, regular, you know, like just to like let it happen naturally. I obviously don't want like someone in the Dodgers lineup to get like horribly injured and like, or like, you know, if it was something like that that prevented them from doing really well, that would be kind of a bummer. And I feel like everyone would always kind of wonder what if. I was talking with, um, you guys remember Justice De Los Santos, mm-hmm. right? He, um, we were talking and I was like, you know, like the season has an asterisk on it. Like whoever wins the trophy, like everyone's always gonna be like, yeah, well, that was a weird season. But he brought up the point that like whoever, whichever team can pull off the heroics, like these, okay, these players and these coaches and everyone like they're literally expected to like only go to the ballpark and then go back to the hotel if they're like you know traveling then that's like these are 20 and 30 year old guys you're really like robbing them of a lot of you know like what it means to be like human in this day and age and that's like a really hard scenario you've got to come over a lot of mental things to go play as many games as these people are in as short of a time with a winning mindset you know, and overcome injuries and just push and push and push until, like, you know, we get to the end of the season. Not to mention coronavirus. I mean, like, if anybody, like, if you can avoid a major outbreak on your team, like, that would be mm-hmm. really, really, really interesting. Um, hopefully most teams can. Uh, but, like, Justice was saying like whoever wins this World Series arguably might be one of the greatest teams that has ever won the World Series because they had so many other external factors 
you know, it's not just baseball at this point. There's so many other things going on that teams are having to cope with and deal with that this might even be the season to be, you know, paying attention to instead of dismissing whoever wins and takes it far or makes a sudden, you know, run for the the crown. So that was a very long-winded take, but. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. agree with that, though. Yeah, it really kind of flipped my understanding. Yeah. Yeah, my take was the same as before, really. The the Astros underperforming this year, especially with the loss of Verlander. And if they do lose Verlander for the whole season, I would not be surprised if they were eliminated in the three-game series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I the take's the same, and I, I think it's definitely possible. Um, in terms of the season amidst the pandemic, I think that it definitely takes a lot of mental resolve to prioritize this game over everything else mm-hmm. to put your work to value your work so highly that you can sacrifice a lot of other basic interactions to um to dedicate yourself to it and um, i think that the marlins outbreak should be a lot of players should learn from that really know that if something like that does happen they run the risk of missing the playoffs and in a year where any team could win i feel like that's all the more important because if we if if a team has an outbreak and can't make the playoffs when their players know that they're perfectly capable of doing so it'll be really heartbreaking so i think that in terms of safety and in terms of world series hopes I hope that COVID doesn't affect baseball again, but we definitely need some more precautions and a better bubble in order to make that happen. Yeah, and I think uh, we're kind of touching on this, but health is like the biggest X factor at this point. Like, especially considering like if if a player tests positive, like pass all like the health concerns of the player, which is most important. It's like they're out at least like what, like 10, 14 days. And that's at like a minimum. So that's a long time to be missing players. And, and if you have an outbreak like the Marlins, like, like a team like can't come back from that. So if you stay healthy, I think like you definitely have a leg up on the competition. Yeah, I think you're completely right. There's just so many, so many layers, so many different, um, like, it's interesting to me just how the responsibility now is coming down to the teams themselves instead of like the league kind of mandating things. Um, and I guess it will kind of be illustrative of which teams maybe like want it, you know, of course it's difficult to like, it's no one's real, you know, like fault that they just happen to be one of the unlucky people that gets this virus because this country as a whole has not managed it well you know so I feel like it's not it's not necessarily their fault but like whoever can crack down and whoever can put in the best precautions within their own teams I feel like probably have a leg up and a lot of that is geography because every state is kind of doing their own thing now and a lot of it is like just the makeup of your team and player situations and their families and stuff. So it's, of course, like there are so many different factors that come into play here, but we really like, we can't discount um, any of these 
teams and any of like there's just a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes I think like you guys both mentioned that um, are both within their control and out of their control that will come into play um, at the end of the day and it possibly affect a lot so I think you guys bring up really good points in saying all of that. I feel so happy to like finally discuss predictions again and really have something to look forward to rather than just speculation. You know, because <laughs> actual games are so much more interesting to discuss than contract talks. I don't know if you guys agree with me. <laughs> oh my but, god, yes. Fully. Yeah. 100%. It is like, it, for as weird as it is for like sports and baseball to be back, knowing, you know, the state of affairs in the world right now, it feels so good. It feels so good to be able to mm-hmm. <laughs> actually watch live baseball again. It's, I've missed it so much. I know you guys missed it. I know fans everywhere have been waiting for this and it's finally here. And there's no doubt that this is going to be a really, really action-packed season, like we've talked about. This could be... I'm just excited to see kind of how it all, how it all shakes out. Um, I think it'll be definitely a season worth tuning into. I feel like there's so many storylines that I should start like following now. A lot of teams I should be keeping tabs on. All of the teams, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Particularly the Giants, definitely. The Giants. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> it could be this. That would be like the greatest thing ever. I mean, it's still an even year though, so. Who knows? That's yeah, true. We'll just pretend 2018 didn't happen. Sorry. <laughs> 2018? Exactly. We don't know. It, <laughs> that didn't happen. You can just scratch that one out. That can be the asterisk season yeah. instead of 2020. <laughs> well, if you are interested in reading Noah's awesome column about a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, particularly the Marlins outbreak, you can find that on the Daily Cal's website is titled MLB's First Outbreak Raises Tough Questions. We will definitely be writing a lot about the season as it happens. I would love to do a shoot around if you all are interested. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, that would be super fun. And things are going to change rapidly. So maybe we'll do one, <laughs> multiple. That would be awesome. But um, you can follow us on all of our social media accounts. Um, Daily Cal Sports on Twitter and Instagram, I believe, um, and continue to tune in as we see how this season unfolds because it will surely be a wild ride. So thanks for listening. See you guys next time. See the ski there.